Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Yes, indeed, it is the get right right here on 105.3 The Fan, your home of the Dallas Cowboys and World Series champion, Texas Rangers. I'm Reginald Atatula, and alongside me is the fan phenom, Blake Elliott. Talk to me. Shout out to Ross Lebensky on the ones and twos, who I probably should have told ahead of time to play one of them uh, highlights from the game, although felt like most of them were low lights. So, mm-hmm. you know what? Thanks, Ross, for saving the listeners from having to Relive that in audio form. However, of course, home of your Cowboys, you can hear every Cowboys game right here on 105 through the fan. And you did hear the Cowboys game as they they took a loss to the Buffalo Bills on the road, a conversation that we'll have a lot this week discussing the Cowboys in their road play. Um, that was 31 to 10 was the final. Um, currently at half, not a final. Your Mavs are down 68 to 59 in Denver. Where get this line, although like look, man, I don't know if you're tired at all about hearing Luca doing wild stuff. He does it. But get this. Half of half of a a basketball game, his stats currently look like twenty eight points, five rebounds, six assists. Um, and that team is down nine points at this point just because of the many players that are missing when you talk about Derek Lively, the young, you know, young stud center. Young Phenom. Phenom in a way, yes. Um, Mav Phenom, I guess is what mm-hmm. we, we can start mm-hmm. calling him. Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving is out. Josh Green is out. Max Kleber remains out. You might be forgetting that because it feels like he was never in this mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a lot of a lot of injuries have been kind of hurting this team, and they're playing pretty well. Unfortunately, the Nuggets are playing better at this moment. Um, but if you would like something to hang your hat on, you can also you can always think about the fact that your Dallas Stars currently lead um, at the AAC in the third period. Uh, I believe it is still three to two. It is in fact still three to two. Um, goal scorers: Matt Duchesne, Jason Robertson, um, and so we'll keep you updated on what's happening there. And as we continue to talk about the NFL, it is Monday night, so there's Monday night football. Ten mm-hmm. to ten, evened up right Go now. Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks handling their business. So Look like Drew Drew Lock did start in this, and he he may not have thrown for a touchdown yet. However, he did lead block for one. He did. <laughs> he led, led block for like a 25 yard. Uh, Kenneth Walker rushing touchdown. And so this one this one's been pretty interesting. I will try and keep you up to date with what's happening there um in, at Lumen Field in Seattle. But right now, we come back to this loss for your Dallas Cowboys. Obviously a very frustrating one, especially when you see a team just hit you in the mouth, mm-hmm. as Marshawn Lynch would say over and over and over again, right? They 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 did it in such a way that was almost humiliating yeah. uh to the defensive side. Oh. Are you just going ahead and text in your words yeah. to describe how you felt about this loss for your Cowboys to 
the Buffalo Bills. But along those lines, we talked a lot about the defense because that was the very obvious thing. The fact that uh, the Buffalo Bills put up uh, how many rushing yards? 266. 226, I think. I was like, it seems like it has been buried in uh, our guy Blake's mind. Uh, The exact number ultimately being... Oh, sorry. 266. You're correct. 179 of those tacked to James Cook's name. He had, a, he had 100 in the first half. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that, that really jumps off the screen. However, what doesn't jump off the screen is the numbers for the Cowboys who who scored three points in, in you know, non-garbage time minutes, it feels yeah. like, right? Yeah. The, the Bills had already started pulling players before the Cowboys I, went I turned on it off their drive. They even scored. It, was, it, it did not matter. It, I know it shows in the box score. But it did not matter to me. <laughs> and so with that being the case, right, this cow, this Cowboys defense did not hold up the end of the bargain that we ant- typically anticipate them to do. However, the offense didn't either. And so I almost want to ask here, is it? Th- do you feel like this is more on the offense or the defense? Now, the, the, the answer is uh, in the parlance of a, of a meme that Drake gave us, a uh, combination, right? Like it's, it's yeah. both of these, these things. However, which one do we attribute it more to? Because I feel like we have not talked a lot about the offense here. Yeah. I think that Rundy was so, like I said before, emasculating, getting bullied. They were like, dang, we can't beat anyone if we're like that. And the defense was of cause. But like we've kind of mentioned, we've seen a weak – if there were to be a weak point of this team, it's been the run defense. So that it didn't really catch us off guard. We just didn't think it would be that bad. Yeah. I think the offense was like, even if our Rundy's bad, we can put up 30 any game and compete with any team. And we weren't able to. So for me, that, that offense not being able to get some click was very concerning, especially because – this Bills team had a bunch of injuries. Like we just mentioned, Espinosa out, Micah Hyde out, no Matt Milano, no Tredavious White. They're, I think they were – John Oning had put something out earlier that when it comes to um, middle of the field that they were one of the bottom yes. three teams in covering that. Yeah. And the Cowboys love hitting middle of the field with Ferguson and Cooks and Lamb and even the running backs up in the little spot zone right in front. So the fact that we weren't able to take advantage of that was quite concerning to me. I don't know if that was just an off day there or what that was but I was like I, I noticed they were dropping the safety they were doing they were doing a lot of changing at the post snap so they would show too high and then they would drop that safety into the middle of the field or they would show one and then drop the safety back they were but, doing some dis- disguising they were doing a good job of disguising yeah. playing with Dak's eyes and they didn't did, they didn't blitz a lot I know they're getting pressure but they weren't blitzing more than a lot of guys most of the time they were getting home with four some guys missing some ta- some um some blocks I didn't love Terrence Steele in that game. It was a good amount of times outside was getting in. Dak didn't have his best pro- pocket presence game. Like no. A couple times very early we saw. Spinning into sacks or kind of like not knowing where to go. And I was just kind of like. Uh. But also like actually throwing the football. We've oh, seen yeah. Dak. Oh, we've yeah. seen Dak been pinpoint accurate pinpoint. for for a good long stretch here. And I think one of the questions, I don't even know if I said this out loud on air because it almost felt. Uh, is sacrilegious the right word? I don't know. Uh, it almost felt like it would be some level of jinx, but in some ways, it's like how long, how sustainable is this level of play? Because yeah. you had quite literally Dak Prescott playing at a level of play that was far and away better than what was necessary. Like in this game, you saw them not be good on third downs. Dak Prescott, number one, up to a certain point was. I think Mina Kimes had given us the statistic a, a couple of weeks ago. The Dak Prescott on third down, right, the the money play and a play that is very difficult or down rather that is very difficult, had a QBR of 90, something around 90, where normal or, you know, anyone else would be around a 70, right? Like he was so far and away better than what was happening (laughs) on third down. And like 
that one shows how good he's playing, but also two shows like how high above what you would consider any level of mainline average than you could expect. And so there's one thing there, but he was, you know, sailing balls on like we saw him miss. The Cooks one was big. Cooks big early and like the big chunk play wasn't there. However, on, on top of that, right? Even if they had gotten the chunk plays, maybe you could live with that. But they were not getting the routine plays that mm-hmm. seemed to be uh, a staple of this offense. Because they were, they were the way they were playing coverage. They were playing that shell, trying to make you have everything in, in front of you. Not going to get beat deep. Obviously, Cooks on that one did get be, or get get behind the uh, DB. But other than that, CD Ferguson, Cooks, Pollard, we weren't able to really get in the underneath stuff. I mean, I remember at some point in the second quarter, it said Dak was what. One for five with 15 yards going late into the second quarter. He had like 30, 40 yards. CD had like one or two catches, four targets. Like, and we had a couple three and outs. We had some, like, it, it just didn't feel like we could put a drive together at all. I will say, though, one bright spot was Tony Pollard. I thought he was hitting the hole aggressive, especially early. Obviously, we couldn't stay going in because we were getting absolutely dog walked. So you can't just run the ball over and over. But in that first quarter, first half, I thought Tony Pollard ran with a lot of. Instinct was running, hitting the hole really hard and vicious. And so I thought that was a, a good bright spot, but that is honestly the only bright spot I can pull from that offense. Let's hear from the, you know, the, the voice of this team when it comes to uh, leadership, Dak Prescott. He was asked after the game um, what, you know, about his mistakes early and the difficulty in making a comeback in those conditions in Buffalo. Missed one early. Boom. I think that, that obviously that can change the game right there alone. Uh, 7 7 to start it off, that pass. Felt good coming out. Don't know if the wind was behind me or not. Part of it, though, right? You got to move on from that fast, and uh, we didn't do that necessarily. And so didn't get some completions early. Put us down, right? They already had the 7-0 lead, then boom, they score again. Um, and at that point, trying to trying to play in a drop-back game in, in conditions like this is not going to be favorable, I can tell you that. And so they did a great job on defense, put, putting disguising for one, putting the top on it, uh, making us play, play underneath, and... As I said, it's going to be tough in conditions like this when they've got the lead, trying to have to just go drop back all game long. So they beat us with the formula. Beat us with the formula. Is that what you want to hear? No, that's not what you want to hear. (laughs) Coming out like we've had the formula, we've had the talent, we've had the game plan, and it felt like every game we were well prepared and we knew we were going to come into and do it and we were going to out-talent people and out-scheme people. And it feels like, Reggie, both of those, we got done into us. We got out-talented, out-physicalitied, out-schemed. It didn't feel like at one point in this game, we had the upper hand. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting that you mentioned scheme. And maybe this is something that we have a bigger conversation about maybe tomorrow. But one thing that, um, and it, it's odd because it was the, t- the week that I had off, but uh, I, I have uh, an affinity for the Athletics NBA show, Nate Tice. Um, you know, formerly worked in the league and also, you know, played quarterback. Uh, I know mm-hmm. at Wisconsin in particular with uh, Russell Wilson, funny enough. Um, and one of the things he was talking about with, you know, kind of this resurgence this Cowboys team has had is like the offense, the actual concepts have been, you know, old school concept, like mid aughts concepts. It's not like this has been, you know, some, ad, you know, advanced cutting edge schematic <laughs> stuff, right? The things that we have seen from them are kind of some of the the things that you see when we talk about a copycat league where yeah. teams steal yeah. some things, and that's where we saw some motion and some of these things where once that team, you know, the point in time where we saw that this team is getting more, you know, what is what's the word that we use? Like more more modern, more, more advanced, more innovative. Well, maybe not even innovative, but like, yeah, they're doing the things that you kind of would hope to see in some of these instances, and this was a game in which 
a lot of those things fell to the wayside, right? Uh, you did not see. I didn't see creativity that game. I mean, there was one. There was someone where we didn't even run someone across the middle. We're running all outside the numbers, and they're just trapping that on the side. I'm like, I think I could have stopped that play. Yeah, I mean, you you did not see um, the you didn't see the motion. You didn't see the play action. Quite literally, this was the lowest percentage since your bye week. Mm. When it comes to motion, 44% of your plays were motion. That's the lowest that you've seen since the bye week. Um, and that it is uh, along the lines of the amount of motion that you saw against the Jets and the Cardinals, right? Um, it was your lowest percentage of play action since mm. the bye week, right? Yeah. And so those are some of the things that we talk about when we talk about the ways in which this team was getting in, more innovative. And those are the things that help you. And if you take those away, are you just going back to – Schematic, schematics that other teams have answers for because these are things that the league has seen for a long time and f- defensive coordinators have figured out what the stock responses are to them. And I think it goes back to us being a little bit one-dimensional, playing with the lead, playing ahead, and we're able to do the play actions. Not and getting motions, turnovers, right? Not like, getting turnovers, and we're kind of, of a different team. Part of the equation, you know, quiet as it's kept, it, well, it's not even quiet. Like this team, this defense has turned the ball over Multiple years in a row where turnovers isn't supposed to be something that's sticky year to year. It's and not it something. It is, that, man. With Dan Quinn, this team has done a great job turning the football over, and so that also changed the amount of possessions. It usually helps you with field position, those types of things, and you didn't get one of those either. Well, so, we like, did, we had one that didn't get challenged, <laughs> didn't call well, the timeout, didn't do anything, just kind of sat there with it. And I feel like at that point, I know they said it earlier on the show. I was listening. I just feel like you burn it at that point. What, just five minutes left? You have all three timeouts. Three timeouts in the first half. Like, at that point, you at least call a timeout at the least. You saw how your players were reacting. You saw how Diggs was reacting. Especially if your only response, if your response wasn't, we heard back from, you know, the guys and they said, we didn't think we wanted to challenge it, right? Like, because there there are personnel, there's personnel on this team or in this organization that's there to, you know, go and look at the replay and maybe tell them, okay, we need to review this or don't review this. If you're in that place where, oh, now they're hurrying up, you got timeouts. Take mm-hmm. a timeout. Give yourself more time. Buy yourself more time. But that goes back to McCarthy and decision-making, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And that's a conversation that's, <laughs> that's been had a lot, and we could have it again. But when it comes down to it, obviously, I think I still think it's the defense more, but the offense did not support them. It's mm-hmm. ultimately something that I, I did want to come make sure that we understood and we, you know, we established because there's, there's going to be games where one side or one of the units on this team is not capable of carrying the weight. Or even the other one picks you up. And you didn't get anything no. close no. to some, some level pick. Because there, there's been instances, and maybe you, you, know, you, can't prove, uh, you can't prove it necessarily. However, if you, if you get a score in one of these, it might change the way that this thing goes just on you know, the mm-hmm. way that the, the Bills go about this. Maybe at some point they feel like, all right, we need, to, we need to change the way we're going. We need to throw the football more in these conditions because they're playing a running game in these conditions that are wet and cold, and you're paying a, playing a passing game. Like All sorts of things can be different if maybe, just maybe, you can convert on some of these third, or catch – one of these you know, big chunk plays that can maybe change the way that this thing goes. And it just feels like neither side helped the other in this. And game. I know you were talking about kind of the, the play calling, how it wasn't very innovative, wasn't very creative. I wonder if, you know, because we were kind of going back and forth all week on the show about the weather. Is it yeah. going to rain? Is it not going to rain? Is it going to be windy? Is it not going to be windy in that first half? It was great weather. I don't know. I'm just me completely speculating. Maybe they game plan for bad weather, and then all of a sudden it's fine weather, and you don't have your open Who, the Cowboys? playbook. Yeah. And maybe you don't have your open playbook of motion, CD over here, all these kind of creative 
That feels, bells and whistles. That I don't know. That feels like a big indictment of the coaching staff if that if that is indeed something that we can bring up. Right? I don't know. Um, so regardless, you know, we might need to talk to somebody who was on the ground yes. in Buffalo, get a better perspective. That'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. We need to do that on that. And so, yeah, we'll continue. But yeah, it, whew, this off this loss. It feels like a cop-out to say equally on the offense and defense. So I'll say on the defense because, again, 266 yards is just too much. On the ground, mind you. 266 on the when ground. When you knew what was coming next. They weren't getting creative yeah, with it. It yeah, wasn't yeah, like yeah, yeah. motions and backward screens. It was like run to the left, run to the right. Quite literally, <laughs> they ran They ran the same, what is that, like the t- like the tackle pull yeah, yeah, play. They yeah. ran the exact same play four times and were successful <laughs> on all four of them. And when I say successful, it's not like, okay, they had a positive yard. Quite literally, like, they were, by the definition of a successful run play, all of them, yeah. all four of them. And so, uh, they. this was just that we are bigger than you, y'all are small, and we can we can take advantage of it and mash you. And so, defense, I think it's more on the defense, but the offense has plenty, plenty to carry in this loss. Man. It's the get right right here on 105 through the fan. You had something I don't want to cut you no, off No, I here. was like, man, that was tough. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I, didn't wanna, I wanted to make sure that if you had, and look, there's plenty of opportunity to dig into this one. As we are here with you all week tomorrow, 7 to 11, myself and Blake are the configuration. So rock with us here. But continue to rock with us as uh, coming up next, we'll go around the NFL where apparently there's no bridges to Canada. We'll discuss it next on The Fan. So get right right here on 105 through The Fan. Reginald Datatuli here with you alongside the fan fiend. I'm Blake Elliott. Appreciate Ross Lubinsky on the ones and twos for us this evening. And thank you for rocking with us. On a Monday, Monday Night Football is happening. 17-10 to 10 is the score in favor of the hated Eagles. Come on, Seahawks. There's a minute and a half left in the third quarter. And it looks like uh, the Seahawks maybe just got a stop. So, there you go. They heard you. And they got you a stop. How's that sound? That sounds good. It's because they don't got Big Dom. The Eagles. Eagles big Hoomst? They can't, get, they can't win without Big Dom. Okay. They can't do it. They're winning right now. But I appreciate not... Ross. I appreciate that you understood what I was doing there. Thank Big you. Big hoops? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. It's it's the, the moment has passed. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it is it an age thing? No, 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 not at all. No, it just, just sounded like in, it sounded like you said joke? something. No, it sounded like you said something funny. That's all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the stars at the AAC trying to finish this thing out. They lead three to two against visiting Seattle Kraken. Uh, it's under four minutes left uh, in the third period there. So see if they can really hold on here and grab themselves a much-needed win. Um, but your Dallas Mavericks currently um, doing a little push and pull mm-hmm. with the Denver Nuggets out in Denver, 77-67. They, it's, it, it, the score has kind of sat right around 10 points yep. difference, and it'll, it'll, it'll narrow a little bit, and then it'll swell a little bit, and, but your Mavs, being led by Luka Doncic, 32.7 rebounds, 7 assists. He does this. With uh, about halfway through the third quarter. But uh, let's go around the National Basketball Association here on the Get Right. Reg, Blake, and you hanging out with us. Truckwreck.com, text line 877-881-1053. Where the tease where was that there's no bridges to Canada. And I say that because you said that? Yeah. I didn't even hear that. That's, Don't worry about it. it was, that's an insane thank, tease. thank you. Thank you. I say that because uh the Charlotte Hornets forward, Miles Bridges, was denied entry into Canada. Mm, I wonder why. Uh they were playing they're playing against the Raptors, but um he was denied entry into Canada ahead of the team's game against the Raptors Monday, and he's not playing. Um the team attempted after finding out uh, the I guess the the nation's decision. Um, it, it may sound like they put out like a whole poll or something. 
What do y'all like, think? They were like, go to the polls. See, should we should we let Miles Bridges come in? Nah. What yeah. do we think, guys? Okay. Um, but yeah, they the the team tried to lobby um, lobby Canada and uh, to reverse the decision. They were unsuccessful. Um, and yeah, that was so, an easy. That was an easy poll. Yeah, and what's interesting though, and there wasn't actually a poll. Just Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey style. Oh, yeah. I, I surveyed a hundred women. <laughs> <laughs> they all said no. Should Miles Bridges be allowed in Canada? <laughs> a survey says. Uh, anyways, no. The Canadian government apparently the the exact decision for denying his status is unclear. However, you know he has various legal troubles currently. Um, I know that there is a, a pending domestic violence case. On him, and the details of that are pretty, you know, pretty gruesome. Mm -hmm. And so I I don't know. Look, I'm no one's legal scholar by any means, particularly uh, outside of the United States, you know. Um, And so not not inside the United States either. I just want that to be clear. Um, And so I I don't know just how that would break down. But apparently, uh, yeah, you probably should not have domestic violence cases, one, because it's bad, but two, because you will not be able to go to Canada. Yeah, that, that's a good way to make sure you do not go see Drake and them boys up in the V, up in Toronto. They need him, too. I mean, he's been hooping. He's been doing his thing. So, I mean, the, the Hornets are bad, so it doesn't really matter. And But so are the Raptors. So, which team can mid it off more? Who do you think has more wins? Oh, they're both really bad. Raptors have 11. Hornets have 7. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes is what I say to that. Um, and with that being the case, actually, you mentioned the Raptors, and I wonder if they'll be involved here as, you know, we're, we're near, we're basically in NBA trade season. We're already getting rumors, one of which involves your Mavericks, that Ooh. we maybe could talk about here or maybe a little bit later once we start breaking down what's happening in Denver. But, you know, we're getting near that, and our friends at CBS Sports, Sam Quinn, gives us five teams that will control the market. Uh, when it comes mm. to the trade deadlines, give us an opportunity to kind of dip our toes into the ideas of what's happening with NBA GM. Yeah, some some trade situations. And team number one is one that's very obvious. Can you guess which team will be okay. like very active Lakers. in controlling what happens? Not necessarily who's buyers. Think of it more as sellers, like the the teams oh, that are going okay. to. Okay, the sellers are the Bulls. There you go. The yeah. the Chicago Bulls <laughs> pop up first. Obviously, Zach Levine. It's already known that he you know he is on the trade block and you know would like to be elsewhere or at least. Not necessarily him, because I think Rich Paul, his agent, said that, you know, if the Chicago Bulls are pivoting in such a way where they want Levine, negotiations can't take place in that way. But, yeah. Question, Le- question. When when that is, if you're if mm-hmm. you're Zach Levine, or better, if, if you're Zach Levine's teammate. Yeah. And this might be a quick answer. Uh, what does that locker room feel when a guy is very, your best player very visibly does not want to be on that team? Like, how do you culminate a game plan or act in between games like I always wondered that is that just no, not awkward it's a business it's whatever I that's a great question and I can't answer it because I've never yeah. been anybody's star athlete right or athlete <laughs> in that big if you way had to speculate uh that's a really good question I imagine that it seems like dudes largely come from a perspective of you know I mean your money is your money and we not talking about yeah, that per yeah, se yeah. but you could tell dudes get a little upset if somebody's like I don't want to be here however with Zach Levine I don't know how much of that was him it seems like it's the Chicago Bulls ultimately came and I think that's that's, that that's easier if the team doesn't want you and you kind of have to be like hey guys I'd love to be here but you know the team don't want me versus like public statement I don't want to be part of the team and then you got to be in the starting lineup next to these guys and fight for loose balls so but yeah Zach, interesting. Zach Levine's one of those guys that's obviously been put out there DeMar DeRozan could be a guy mm-hmm. that could be on the mm-hmm. trade block if they decide to blow that thing up Nikola Vucevic depending on how much teams would want him also Kobe White is mentioned here who he's he's made himself into a little bit of something as a ba- mm-hmm. you know a backup guard 
that maybe a team might be interested in. Of course, Alex Caruso, a defensive guard. Um, I'll take everybody you've named. <laughs> I'll take all of them. Right, right, right. Um, Jevin Carter, if anybody cares. That Now we're getting real deep into this. But like they, they, have, <laughs> they have quite a few pieces that if they decide, and honestly, a lot of people around the NBA are like, you're three years behind or two or three years behind mm. making that decision to blow this thing up. That they teams, are. and I think a lot of other teams, would be interested in. So, yeah, they, they seem to be team number one on the teams to be watching once we once we really get into the thick of the trade deadline. The other team uh, is one that we mentioned in this previous uh, the previous conversation. It the is Rappies? The, yeah, it is the Toronto Raptors. Now, this is another one of those teams that's like, hey, y'all ain't broken this up yet because everybody is circling like vultures for all, two players in particular. And who are their, they? They're wings, man. Scotty and OG. I'm I guessing. I don't think uh, – Scotty. I think Scotty seems like a player that – Right, the Raptors, if they break it up, Scotty Barnes is young enough and talented enough mm-hmm. that they would want to continue building around mm-hmm. him. OG Ananobi is definitely one. Okay, who's the other? Pascal Siakam Pascal, seems to yeah. be one. They that, got like, three guys that are very similar, like long forward, wing guard, whatever kind of guys. Yeah, they were like, make defense. the whole plane out of long <laughs> long wings, right? Like, And obviously, you have a Pascal Siakam is a really talented defensive wing, mm-hmm. probably plays more of like a four, yeah, yeah. capable of shooting, capable of getting his own buckets. Not a facilitator necessarily, but... He is a high-level player to the point where there's a lot of teams that look at him as like, can we get him as a second option yep. and a defensive stopper, right? And so he's available. OG Ananobi is a, a lighter version yeah. of that, and you have a couple of those guys that, you know, those guys are – OG's younger, but Pascal's getting a little older. He's getting paid, and so there's particular teams that maybe if you're ready to win mm-hmm. and that makes sense for you, but a the Raptors in a would place, want them. Yeah, a lot of teams would want them. 100%. And so I think those, two, those guys really point to – you point to his options as maybe, just maybe, um, things that could dictate the way that this market goes. Another team that honestly— I don't they, know what team you're going to say. They put themselves in this position by trading away their previous duo of stars. Mm. I wonder if you could guess this, actually. Mean, Western Conference team. Okay, Western Conference. That kind of was supposed to go into the tank in a way, but it was oddly good last year. Mm, Kings? Uh, not the Kings, okay. but it is, in fact, the Utah Jazz. Jazz, yeah, you said that. Okay, yeah. That right. Uh, John Collins, they acquired and apparently are ready to also try and turn around yeah. and sell on. That was supposed to be the big offseason trade. I got Collins and Laurie. Yeah. But La- Lowry Markinen is the one. That is a, a dude who has made an all star, but like borderline all star caliber player, tall, rangy, can score, can shoot and stretch. So, like, that's a piece that a lot of teams. What about Walker? Is he on there? I, 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 wonder, I wonder if well, I imagine Walker's one, that, but I wonder if you give them, especially Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge loves, I imagine, Danny Ainge loves nothing more than fleecing somebody in a trade. Danny oh, yeah. Ainge is the dude that you hate in your fantasy league. Oh, yeah. That sends you, you the trade where you're like, why would I accept this? He's like, like, but have you seen this? I'm honestly doing this for you. Right, right. I'm doing you a solid. He's like, look, man, I see that guy that's on his bye week this week. I'll take him off your hands and I'll give you three players that you're not going to want to start. How about that? Yeah. And like that, he is just a dude that wants to fleece you at all moments, and he seems to do it very well. Hello, Boston Celtics that have acquired an amount of talent in his part, and he did that as well. He was the one who, you know, came up with this Rudy Rudy Gobert trade where he ends up with five first round picks. Speaking of, that was that trade, and we need to do a segment on that. We might do that tomorrow. Trades that worked out that we didn't think of. That trade really worked out. For all parties involved. <laughs> For all parties that involved. That trade really worked out. Just Rudy Gobert when he said that I was like, I cannot believe that that Timberwolves team is number one right now. 
you know what that is? That's a reminder to all of us that, hey, man, trades are not determined within the first 15 yep. games or the first 20 games. And we love games. to jump on it. I mean, that's what we do. And we should know that. No, hey, it didn't work. Kyrie. <laughs> Kyrie, right, Kyrie Irving. Everybody's like, oh, it's Harden, right? There's yeah. a lot of these instances. But Jordan Clarkson, Kelly Olenek, smaller pieces yep. that maybe. Clarkson's nice, though. I like veteran Clarkson. guys that maybe someone can come Drippy and. too. Nice outfits. I mean, apparently, the Sixers also involved here. Now, that's interesting. Well, who are they trying to get off of? Right, the idea that. Sellers, right? We're still talking sellers. And may, maybe this is more from a buyer perspective okay, on okay. what they because they they were once they traded James Harden they have a lot of capital that maybe mm-hmm. they would be looking for another star player mm-hmm. but also maybe that with the way that Tyrese Maxey's come on maybe they're just looking for like an elite three and D type player mm-hmm. and so that allows you to go those are very those are in high demand Ooh, but they had Pascal or OG oh, you you see the vibes they would be disgusting. you see the idea right and so maybe just maybe their desire to make this better gets in here and now I, I think you can guess team number five here because okay. they just have right we've, we've turned to the portion of the program where we're talking about buying okay. when you talk about buying you want to talk about the people with the biggest wallet yep. the most amount of okay, assets so the Lakers? Who, who is that it's not the Lakers the Lakers don't have all the assets who nice. have all the assets in the west oh in the west okay see there you go the Oklahoma City Thunder right after years of dormancy like this yep. is now looking like a team that can win in fact there's people that look at them as the second best team in the west they might be the biggest buyers because they just have so much to move picks players right. money. and now they're coming to the point where they kind of have to move because you're yeah. not drafting all these players and putting them on your roster and you're not going to have a high draft spot anymore now because you're winning you're well i mean winning. the problem is they still they're still attached to a lot of other teams they that have so much. and so now this is the time where you use that draft capital to go get players or pair with some and you, you've said this they have like 10 players that yep. they play and feel comfortable about and this is where, like, in basketball, you talk about consolidation, where you take a bunch, a couple of players that you're like, this is a good player. However, if we piece them together with some assets, we can get a better player that can take all those minutes and play. Because, look, man, you could have 10 players, and that's great. In the playoffs, playoffs you're not playing seven, 10 eight, players, right? Yeah. And so why not have a better seven or eight players rather than having a really good, you yeah. know, so 10 who you, players? Who do you think is untouchable on that Thunder team? Um, Shagel's Thousand Shea, Shea, obviously. Great. Chet. Uh, Chet Holmgren, yes. Yep. Um, Jalen's one of Jalen's Santa Clara Jalen, okay, okay. wing Jalen, yeah. Um, and then Ooh. I imagine Kaysen, their draft pick. I imagine he's up for grabs. Like, okay, I, they. This is the thing is, and it's a great problem to have for Oklahoma City is that they have so many good players that there's certain roles that are like, all right, cool, I would like to have this, but if you if you switch that up and get better. It's fine because you have a lot of other talent around you. So I think that they're in a, they're in a very enviable place, and they did this in a way they had to because they can't they can't do this they, in free agency. They have Chet Junior too. I forgot his name. He's who um, Pokushevsky? Yeah, oh, Pokushevsky <laughs> is Pokushevsky's on the on the on the uh, on the sidewalk, right? Pokushevsky's <laughs> like if you ha- if you haul it, it's yours. Yeah, like Poku did not work out the way that it, yeah. they wanted it to. Man, a lot of a lot of these teams that were I think it's really fun because like when I was growing up, like the teams that were good. The Spurs and the Trailblazers and the Warriors and the Mavs and the Lakers. Now it's kind of just a new guard of these young teams that have been building for years, taking over and being the yeah. top four or five teams, the Kings and the Mavs and Thunder and Timberwolves and Nuggets oh, all being That's good very enough. nice of you to say that the Mavs were building as opposed to just kind of yeah, they, they flailing in some ways. Okay, well, we're but look, man, positive. <laughs> what, the, the tough thing about it is that they don't have a ton of assets to utilize. However, you would love, and I know that people have been talking about the idea of Lowry, the idea of Pascal Siakam, yeah. Lowry Malkinen, that is. Like, there's some players in here, and even some of the players that, you know, maybe not exactly that level that you would love to see on the Mavericks. And yeah. I think this year very much is a year where they figure out the pieces that you have to have on a mm, championship yeah. team and the pieces that maybe you don't have to have. And I wonder if, you start to see them utilize some of those pieces when you decide, oh, this one isn't a have-to-have. Yeah. 
to maybe see if they can get into the action. Now, obviously, we've already talked about the Mavs not having that many assets, and they'll get a little bit more in the offseason mm-hmm. with contracts and stuff like that. Do you see the Mavs making a small splash on the trade deadline this year or not really doing anything? Obviously, I don't think they're going to make a big splash like everyone wants them to do, getting a Pascal Siakam. They just don't have the assets to do that. Do you think they make a small splash or do they just wait to the offseason and kind of revamp the roster, in your opinion? Um, I, I'm not certain just yet, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's probably like small, relatively yeah. small splash. Yeah. But uh, look, man, they they still they still need uh, like a wing player. And they, wing they still and, and they, I mean, you could really stand to have a, another big that you feel comfortable about. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if that's a move that, that is a, at the trade deadline, which yep. is kind of what we're talking about here, or if that's one for next offseason. Yep. But We'll see, and there is there are some rumors about a big that would be kind of like a back of the rotation type big that the Mavs Forcer. possibly could be interested in. And we'll talk about that maybe at ten twenty. But right now it's the get right, and that's how we go around the around the association on the get right right here on one hundred five three. The fan coming up next. Let's have a little sharing time. We'll do it next on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. So get right right here on 105 through the fan. Reginald Datatula alongside the fan phenom, Blake Elliott. Thanks for rocking with us here on The Fan, your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion, Texas Rangers. Uh, thanks to Ross Levinsky on the ones and twos. And thank you for rocking with us here on this evening where your Dallas Stars Woo-wee! get an overtime win against the Seattle Kraken. That does indeed mean, yes, the uh, the Kraken did equalize, uh, level the, the game in the late in the third period. But uh, Thomas Harley, the young what guy, the young guy, you know, got it done in overtime to get the Stars a win that brings them level in the Central Division with 40 points with the uh, the Avs. Um, and so, yes, your um, your Dallas Stars get a win um, on this night in at the American Airlines. Well, they didn't give them five goals, man. Last couple of games has been like four or five goals they've let up. So three is right. Three is a good spot. <laughs> and, I mean, Scott Wedgwood between the pipes uh, gets it done, right? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, gets it done. And so, you know, in the in the absence of Jake Onger, good to get a win. I know that. Uh, Look, man, Matt Duchesne's been fantastic mm-hmm. in this Very season aggressive. for I like him. the Stars. And so, 
he gets your first, actually not your first two goals. He gets uh, two of your first three goals. And then Thomas Harley puts this thing away in overtime. And so, yeah, your Stars get a win. Currently, your Mavs looking like they're trending towards not getting a win. Although, look, it's against the reigning uh, NBA champion Denver Nuggets. 180 is the score. 180. I realized that I said that in such a way that maybe you could hear that as 180, and nobody has scored that many points. I know the Mavs not great at defense, but not not it, not that bad. It's been rebounding too. There's been a lot of second chance opportunities. The guys have been all over the boards. We just don't have the no lively out there. It's a totally different team. And when you have Jokic and a- and Aaron Gordon, those guys live on the board. So it's a little too much for Luca and them boys. And uh, another L on the book. Another L on the books. And then also Monday Night Football, seventeen to thirteen is the score in favor of the Eagles. Come on. Nine minutes thereabouts to go in the fourth quarter. However, right now, it's time for a little sharing time, and I'll defer to the recent college graduate, Mm. Blake Elliott. Mm. Congratulations, man. That is me. I am now no longer a UNT student, and like I was telling Reg and Gavin, everyone in the break room, I feel like I graduated the moment I turned in that last assignment, (laughs) not when I actually walk across the stage. Walking across the stage is a lot for, like, the family and whatnot. Man, when I turned in that last assignment, I was was feeling good. But my my sharing time goes back – the day before and the day before that, so two days prior. Okay. When I was getting this tattoo that I recently just got. Yeah, I noticed so, a big tat on the left arm, yep, huh? Yep. So fresh ink, and I I already have seven other tattoos. And the Ooh. reason that I think this is a good sharing time is because every single time I I've had to every time you're going into a tattoo, it does not change. At least for me. Maybe someone else, maybe y'all are built different. I still get a little nervous in the Oh stomach. really? Yeah, and I already had already had a sleeve, a half sleeve about the same time. It took me nine hours. I knew this one was going to take about nine hours. And I was like, oh, I've done this before. It's going to be nothing. I'll show up. I get there and like. Can I, can I press pause on your ahead. story? I apologize. As many times as you want, honestly. Um, I just wanted to ask this question. What do you do in the midst of those nine hours? Like, I mean, are you just like actively watching no, him no, work no. or him or her? I don't know who your tattoo complete, artist complete is. Complete opposite. Okay. I don't know if everyone does this. I have my noise canceling headphones okay. on. Okay. And I look completely away. I don't look not one time at the A little squeamish on that one? Uh, I try not to be. I'm not really that squeamish. Like, Do, do you feel like if you look at it, like yeah. you'll, you'll know the pain? It, like you'll and think then about you're it. really, because this is the thing, and this is what I was going to get to. It's really a mental thing. Got you. Got you. Got Does you. it hurt? Yes. All tattoos hurt. I'm not going to sit here and lie. But if you tell yourself during the tattoo, this hurts, and you're looking at it, it's going to mm. be worse. So, you, so what I do is I look away. I got the headphones playing heavy, hard metal, heavy rock. And I'm just telling myself that I love the pain. Huh. Don't bookmark that. <laughs> so he's not paying attention. It's too late. <laughs> Don't do anything with that audio. But I just. Already marked. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. have. It's it's a psychological thing where I just have to be like, I I, I enjoy this. I, I, I can put, I can go through it. I know what the end result is. I'm, I'm, I'm a bad A. You know, I can get through it. Because if you tell yourself you're scared, you're never going to get through it. Yeah. And so it was six hours Thursday three hours Friday, and I had to come do the get right both of those days after. Like, I left right from the tattoo shop five minutes down the street. How does that affect broadcasting radio with a, with a I mean, a, a pretty large, yeah. if I might say, yeah. uh, tattoo I, on the arm? I, I think it, I think I was fine. I think I had some of my best shows. Me and Peace killed it. I don't think it really affects it all too much because, like, a lot of people ask about the pain and how long it takes to heal. I, I can only speak for myself. Once I got the tattoo, I didn't hurt. Like, the moment the needle gets off of your arm, it doesn't hurt personally mm. like it might be a little sore because it is trauma to your arm so it's a little sore for a couple of days but like i wasn't like 
aching where I couldn't use my sure. arm. Okay, it gotcha. was just like, a, I'm, I'm can not you gonna, tell I've never had a tattoo? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to go play football or lift weights the next day, but I can do every <laughs> day-to-day things. But the reason I bring this up is I'm getting the tattoo. I've been there before. I'm distracting myself with the music. Okay. Eyes are closed. I even fell asleep at one point. Like, I was chilling. I, I just knew it was going to hurt. I was just kind of whatever. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm fine with the tattoo. Eyes are closed. I'm looking down. My, I'm like on my stomach laying down. Whatever. He hits a part on my elbow, Reggie, and my eyes shot open. Oh, Back dude. started sweating the moment it hit that. I was like, okay, that's that's He hit the pressure point. Okay, that's, all right. So the elbow, and, and it's funny, Atolo had um, mentioned it on Thursday because I was like, I got to finish part closer to my elbow. I was like, it's only three hours. I should be good. And someone was like, beware, the elbow hurts like a bee. Like, it's you're going to feel it because I had done the bottom half to start. Man, when he got to that elbow, it hurt like no other. No joke. But I just kept telling myself that I know what the end result's going to be. Mm-hmm. Pain is temporary. Tattoos are forever. Mm. And I knew. The power of positive thinking. <laughs> and and I, it really was. I just kept telling myself that it's going to be okay. Other, I kept saying other people have gotten bigger tattoos. Dak Prescott has had his whole back done. Like, I can do this. If they can do this, I can. Uh, girls have bigger tattoos than me. I can, I can stick it through. Come on. Be a man. And I just kept psyching myself into it. Girls can be very strong, too. Very strong. Stronger than me. And then I would hit spots. <laughs> and then I would hit spots, and I was like, do I even want this? Right. I want it. I want it. Do I want this? Well, at that point, you're in, right? Like, this feels, point, this feels then, like as soon as we start this, yes, it has to you go. You can't be the guy that, like, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure multiple people do it every day. But I couldn't be the guy that gets up in the tattoo and was like, hey, I'm not going to finish, buddy. I'm just going to quit. Like, I was like, I'm in this. And, and for your question earlier, what do you do? I'm laying flat. And I just have my arm out on the table, literally doing nothing. On my right arm, I'm like scrolling through TikTok, scrolling on Twitter, going on YouTube, watching some videos. I, I can't do the movies. I know some people do the movies. I That's almost a little too slow. Too passive. Because yeah. then you're like, if you start paying attention to the needle, it hurts. Really, because it's a mindset. If sure. you're heavy, hard rock music and you're just draining it out and you're like, just feels like it's just part of it. Like you're in the weight room. You need that hard. I need hardcore music on in the room. High BPMs. Interesting. All right, so high BPMs. I uh, this is real tangential from the A one seven. By the way, before I go tangential, they say something about death metal while getting a tattoo yes. makes the pain go. Away. It does. Okay. All right, it Look, does. We've got two hey. data points that seem hey. to be in the same place. Shout, shout out to that. We I are building you, a hypothesis. I'll tell you right now. If you're getting a tattoo, listen to a person named Corn, or I think it might be a band K O R N, and you can get there's through. So many people. <laughs> there's so many people by hear, hearing you say, listen to a person called Corn. <laughs> That are just, I, you know what? I'm not going to speak for them. But I, K-O-R-N. Uh, yep. Twisted, Undone, Blind. Wonder, wonderful uh, young artist. All, all of that, uh, listen to them, and, and you will get through that tattoo. I'll tell you that. But, Reggie, what was your question or, uh, or point? You mentioned kind of lifting, right? And everybody, I, I imagine mm-hmm. there's, well, I'm sure there are people that, that do their exercises without music as well. But it seems like a large a, a large amount of people listen to them, you know, listen to music while they're doing exercise. And when I exercise or just when I do anything, I don't listen to music with a playlist. Like, all my music just goes into a giant, like, playlist, mm. I guess. You're a Spotify guy, aren't you? No. Oh, Apple. Title. Oh. Yes, I'm a contrarian. Nice to meet you. <laughs> my my name is coming. Reggie. I'm a contrarian. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, no, but I, it's all in title. And so I just, I hit play. I hit shuffle. And so I might listen to Dolly Parton. I might listen to Outkast. I might listen to 3-6 Mafia. I might listen to Scarface. I might listen to, um, what's my guy? And I almost forgot it. I forgot his name as soon as I was about to say it. But I might listen to anything. I might listen to All American Rejects. Like, it might, it, it can go all 
sorts of different places. And so with that being the case, like, I'm I'm kind of interested, like, what do you have to listen to when you work out? Because, like, some people are like, oh, man, Britney Spears toxic. Let's go. And some people are like, no, it has to be like it has to be a certain level of it has to be a certain level of energy. It has to be a certain BPM. It has to have a certain level of bass. It has to have a certain level of whatever, like drums. And for me, it's just like, is there music? All right, let's go. Yeah. Am I, I the weird one here? I'm the I, weird one here. I, I, I don't know how you just do anything. Because if I was if I was doing bench press and Dolly Parton came on or even country music, I'm done. Now, leg day. Aaron like, Neville. Don't get me wrong. That may be. Leg day. I, 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 I got a bunch of playlists. So on leg day, I put the vibe playlist on. It can be low BPMs. It can be. It can be whatever. I could listen to some Morgan Wallen on leg day, but like oh, anything, anything upper body, chest, something that's you know taking a lot of. Uh, uh, I gotta have high BPMs. You know what to do with that. Thank he- you. Heavy metal, hard you got it, rock. Captain. And I do want to say I'm sorry to the Tolos that were like corn. <laughs> it's a person. This guy corn. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna sit and act it's, like I've known them person. my whole life. I recently got on it, and I recently have loved it. I'm going to do my better research so that I can it, speak. It, it, it is a, it is it's a, a, it's, it's a, a group. I know. And I love them, and I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not going to act like. <laughs> yeah, no, know. You like, know what? No, no, no. You know, I'm, don't worry about it, Blake. I got you. I'm coming to your defense. Okay. Let's not gatekeep this. Let's not be the jerks who are like, I like a thing, and just because you're lear- just learning about the thing that I like, that you are wrong. No, let, let him learn about the thing, all right? Let him engage with this thing where he is, okay? Which is, he is now also a fan of corn. Embrace him. I love it. Don't be mad. I was going through all the albums. I was getting the tat. And when the, the moment the album would stop and I could hear the needle, I was like, oh, God, this is the worst 10 seconds of the tattoo. I need more corn. Also, if you're a corn <laughs> fan, instead of being mad at him, let's uh, instead, let's let's give uh, Blake some more recommendations. Send some Rex. I would Send love some more nothing more than that from the Tolos. Let's make this positive. Uh, when you're really ready to take the next step to just truly date myself, uh-huh. um, listen to Corn by Skrillex. Mm, there okay. you go. Okay. Okay. I don't even know if we have enough time because I was talking about Corn Reggie. Do we have time for your sharing? No, I, okay. I, I, I'll <laughs> save it for tomorrow because honestly, it's it's a little it's a little bit longer. You know what? Maybe if if we got a little time in the final call, we'll do <laughs> oh, that Lord. there. But uh, that's a little sharing time from Blake. Go Corn. Look, we learned we learned about we learned about your affinity for Corn. The person slash artist and uh, your 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 mentality and mindset, which I think is honestly a great one to remember. Like, I feel like we all kind of can think about the idea of positive thinking. But, hey, man, everyday life practices, man, mm-hmm. put it into practice. Uh, and look, it, it sounds real savvy, but it is useful. To, mm-hmm. Like I was talking to my little brother about this. Actually, this is my sharing portion. Of Go it ahead. For 30 seconds. I was actually talking to my little brother about this because. He, of late, my mom's been telling me about how, you know, he'll come home and she's like, I had a horrible day. And she's been trying to kind of get him to understand that, look, man, if you take it, if you view it from a negative perspective, you almost kind of like make it worse in a way. Yep. And so it's not like denying the idea that you had, you had a day you didn't Silver enjoy. lining. But like, if we can take this from a more positive aspect, you can maybe make that day a little bit better. 100%. So, 100%. I was, I was in that same vein just this weekend. I oh, they're sending, they're sending in texts about these songs. I'm listening to them on the break, guys. I love y'all. Y'all there are the best. Go. Very good. That, look. Tolo's helping Tolo. Raining blood. I listened to raining blood. Look at, look I, at listened, that. I did listen to raining blood that. when I was getting the tat. I All ran right. it back twice. Keep <laughs> sending those in. And when we come back on the get right, we'll get into your headlines on this Monday evening. We do it next on the fan. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.